How is everybody today? Happy New Year. I wish you all the best in 2022. God bless you. You know, I think about January. I don't know about you, but it's a little downer for me because the holidays are over. Back to work this week, right? Um, the days are dark. Uh, I like cold, but it gets really cold. But there is hope. I don't know if you know, but as of December 21st, the days gradually start to get longer and there's more sunlight. So there's hope on the horizon. So keep up that hope and you'll see each and every day there'll be more sunlight for us. Um, great. So the title of our message today is um, Your Choice Today. Your Choice Today. That's the title that I picked. It, it comes from Luke 10 and also a devotional I'll read at the end from Joyce Meyer. Your Choice Today. Let me ask you this question as we get into 2022. What are you hoping for? What do you want to see happen in your life? What do you want, things do you want to happen? What are you looking for? What do you want to happen uh, this year? Could you put up that, uh, the first slide for us, please? Yeah. So I'm calling this our potential want list for 2022. Your wants may be on this list. They may not be, but I'm just going to read some that I came up with. Maybe it's that promotion, that raise, to reach the height of your profession, to be able to retire early. That first house or that second house? that first child or a second child, to meet that dream person, to be able to pay off your mortgage, to feel 100% healthy, to see your ministry take off or expand, to live a stress-free, problem-free, easy life. I like that one. To have that person in your life, right? To have that, have your spouse finally get ready to work on that issue of habit, to take that dream vacation, to get in or jump on the latest Samsung or Apple app to get into your dream school or college, for COVID to be completely eradicated. Now, yours might be on that list or not, but I definitely would sign up for the live a stress-free problem for easy life because before Christmas, quickly that last week, I was a shoulder strain, work was really stressful. Um, we found out our maintenance is going up in the building this year. I was supposed to go to a hockey game and it got postponed to, you know, for a couple months because of COVID and I was supposed to go to my family's house in Connecticut for Christmas, that got postponed too. So it was a really stressful time for me. So I will take a, a stress-free, problem-free, easy life if I had to choose. There's nothing wrong with wanting things God provides. And if you have a list, there's nothing wrong with the things that you may have on your list. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked, what happens if I don't get the things I want, the most of the things I want? What happens? How will I feel? How will I react? Will I be okay? Will everything be okay? Will I, maybe, will I be able to make it without getting some of the things that I want on my list? Yep. So we'll come back to that later, but I think you're all familiar with the story of Luke that uh, Justin read, uh, read for us early, Luke 10, with Mary and Martha. And I want to start out by saying, I feel bad for Martha. I think she gets a bum rap, you know? Um, you know, Jesus wasn't scolding her. He wasn't yelling at her. He wasn't putting her, her down. He was saying, bad, Martha, you're no good. You're not doing the right thing. He was just simply saying that, Martha, you're preoccupied, busy with a lot of things, but Mary is choosing the better part, the more important thing. She has her priorities straight. So I think about Martha. She's busy with all these preparations, right? And I have compassion, you know why? Because we're all busy. I, as well as you all have things to do in this life, right? This, this is just the way life is. Um, the other thing is I'm thinking about Martha and I think maybe she's also busy. Why? Because when I'm busy, what am I doing? 
I don't worry about my problems, my anxieties, my fears. I'm able to put that in the back burner because I'm busy with other things. I think we all do that. So I do feel compassion for her. Plus, she probably gets fulfillment out of being busy, out of making the preparations. I know myself when I'm working at my job and it's really busy, even if school's stressful, I'm getting things done. I feel fulfilled. I feel value myself. Don't you? And I complain sometimes it's too stressful. But then when it slows down, like sometimes in May and August, I get bored. And I say, I don't feel the same way. I don't feel like I'm contributing. So I do feel for Martha. Okay. I, I do feel for her. Plus, I have a restful spirit, a restless spirit. Um, I'm not able to sit that much. So let's say I'm working at home. After 15, 20 minutes, I have to get up and pace around. I can't sit down and read a book for like an hour. I read a couple of pages, get up, come back to it. So I have a little bit of a, a restless spirit. So I could really identify with her. Uh, again, I don't think Jesus was focusing on her being busy. I think he was focused on the fact that while she was busy, she was worried. She was anxious. Meaning that we could be busy. We could be doing things, but we could still have Jesus at the forefront while we're working while we're at home with our kids, while we're in school, while we're at the job, or whatever we're doing at gym. So could you put that next slide up? Slide two. I like Colossians chapter three. It reminds me, whatever you do, work at it all with your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I like that a lot. Um, hey, could you put up Luke again for me, uh, chapter 10? Thank you. The key word in Luke for me is Mary has chosen. Mary has chosen the better part, the better thing. It's a choice we make daily, um, moment by moment, not just in our devotion times, although that's important. I encourage you to spend time with God like that, but to invite God into our life and to accept his invitation. God is constantly inviting us during the day to spend time with him or have him at the forefront, pray for him, talk to him while we're working, while we're home with our kids, while we're in school, whatever we're doing on the subway, while we're preparing for sermon, whatever we're doing in our offices, in our schools, we could put Jesus at the forefront. We could even actually be practicing his presence, sitting at his feet while we're doing things, okay? Now, I struggle with fear and worry a lot. Like I said before, I'm getting better, but I still struggle with it. And the question I have for myself and us is, do we daily surrender to our fears, anxieties, or worries? Or... Do we go to Jesus? Do we put him at the forefront? Do we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? It's not always easy. You know, uh, my mind gets in the way. Even the enemy could come in, try to get us to focus on our worries and fears. But it's a choice we make daily. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me focus on Jesus and start praying, going to him whenever those worry, anxious, anxious and, and fearful uh, thoughts come to us. Yeah, could you put up uh, the next slide, uh, Psalm 42? It says, why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his countenance or his presence. I like this. It says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him for giving me everything I want in this life? No. For making everything easy for me? No. I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. So praising the Lord for him being present with us. Thank him for he's with us in our tough situations. As go to the day, whether we're dealing with COVID, whether it's jobs, financial insecurity, our kids, he's with us. He's always there. It's just a matter of us focusing on him. 
going to him and inviting him in, Jesus, come. Make that choice on a daily basis as we move into 2022 as best as we can. You know, I just want to share a funny story. I was down at Trader Joe's the other day getting some wine. And I was trying to practice, you know, focusing on God. And I get the wine and the woman, the tab, she gets the credit card, packages it, and she gives it to me. And she says, thank you, sir. And I go, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I said to her, thank you, Lord. And she looked at me like I had two eyes. Oh, I said, oh, no, I meant thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Have a <laughs> so at least I know that I'm working on it. It came out the wrong way, but at least I'm practicing because the present is Trader Joe's. That's a good start for me. So, you know, not as a criticism to anyone, but I really think that most Christians, including myself, um, we're not really spending adequate time with God, quality time. I don't mean you have to be there 24 hours, you know, the Bible, but I think we don't practice his presence enough. I really don't think that, uh, I do think we get caught in busyness or we don't always make him a priority. Now he loves us. He's not criticizing and judging us for it, but just a matter of we're not sensing him enough. We're not going to him enough. We're not making him a priority sometime. And, and that's something that we could aspire to do, make that choice for 2022. Um, yeah. So could you put up the next uh yeah, I like this Facebook quote. I don't know who said it, but it's a good quote. That's why I have anonymous. No one is really always busy. It all depends on what number you are on their priority list. It's true. Uh, my friend Eric said that. You know, he said, you know, there we're all really busy, but we find the time, no matter how busy you are, to make time for things or people that we want to. And that comes with friends, family. I know myself. Some people I say, oh, I'm busy. And other people all of a sudden I'm not busy or I can make the time, right? I think we all do that. How much more without being critical about God to put him first in our lives? We can have others who want to pray, but to put him first, to make him the priority. And it's a good time as we start the new year to refocus on that. Uh, again, God's not hitting us on the head, just the invitation, accepting his invitation to invite his presence to sit at his feet. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up on sports. And when I was a kid, because I'm older than a lot of you guys, we not the hockey games, I'm a Ranger fan, were on the TV that much. They were on the radio, the old-fashioned radio. There was no online streaming, no DVRs. So you had to sit down for two and a half hours on the floor or on the sofa and listen to the game. And you had to imagine what it looked like. And you had to sit there. I don't even think I got up from the bathroom. Just to, not so I wouldn't miss anything because I can't take anything. Two and a half hours of sitting there and being attentive to the game. I did that a lot. Why? Because it was a priority for me. It was a priority for me to sit down when I was a youngster and listen to those games and not miss a thing. Yeah, so we could make time. You know, it just depends on where God is in our priority list, right? Um, I remember my stepbrother Chris used to be a pastor, and I was visiting him once years ago, and he said, you know... So how are you doing? He says, you know what? Not too good at what's my I really haven't been spending time with God like the last couple of weeks. I haven't. He says, and it shows. It shows on my sermons. It shows on Sundays. It shows during the week. You know, I can see the difference when I'm not spending at least some time with God. It really reflects on me in my life. God still loves me, but I could see, you know, the difference in my life. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, but for me, it's not just practicing presence with God, well, that's important. So, so being uh, aware, more practicing presence about what's going on with people in our lives, even our environment, our surroundings, whether you live in a town, you live in a city, 
as you walk down the street or in the subway, just being more aware of what's going on. So what I've been trying to do is we all have our apps, right? So but we need them. But I've been trying to put this app in my pocket when I'm walking down the street lately. And it produces benefits. I'll give you two quick examples. I remember I was walking down the street in the 50s. And I see a woman with a carriage trying to open up one of those heavy doors to get in the store. And she was, and I went over to her, ma'am, can I help you? Oh, thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Then two weeks ago, I was getting off the subway on 59th and 3rd, walking up the steps. And there was a woman carrying luggage. I, it looked like a vault. This thing was so big. And I said, ma'am, could I help you? She said, oh, would you please? Next time I come to New York, I'm not going to take this big thing. And I picked it up and I, ah, what is in here? Like, so I walked it up and I strained my shoulder a little bit. But I said, God bless you. Have a great day. Well, I'm not bragging, but you know what? You could say somebody else, would, nobody else was going to do it. Everybody was, no criticism was doing this. See, the truth is, if we just give a little time, put the apps down, just be aware of God, but also our presence, people around us, whether we're in the city or in town, God will give us opportunities on a regular basis to make a difference with people. What is to share the gospel? Just to help someone for a minute or two, that could make, I'm sure it could have been you that made that woman's day up the stairs because she was having her. She wasn't getting up the stairs with that, with that uh, love piece of luggage. So I'm just grateful to God for that. Just practicing being present in our surroundings. Um, yeah. I was even thinking about Jesus. I'd say he was with us today. Sure. He'd have this he might be texting the disciples doing ministry work on it, but I just can't see him standing in the middle of the street going like this all day or on the subway going like this. I just can't do it. I can't see him doing that. He would be aware of what's going on with his surroundings and making sure he can make a difference. Not criticizing people who like their apps, use them, we have to use them, but just to be more aware of what's going on with God and, and with other people. Yeah. So uh, could you put up the slide again about things we want for 2022? You remember this list? before and you might have other than this yeah when i spoke last time in august um i preached about dennis genesis and how god over a week's time created the world and man and woman as part of a process seven uh, day process and that he uses processes uh spiritual processes and other processes to shape us mold us uh prepare us for the works he has for us to serve him serve others uh to, to get to our calling and live out a calling and that's great I mean, priorities to serve God, bless others, priorities we talk about today to, you know, just spend time, more time with God this year, be aware of his presence, sit at the feet of Jesus, and that's all important. But have you ever asked, like I have sometimes, God, I'm trying to follow you, I'm not perfect, what about me? What about the things I want? What about my list, Lord? How come this hasn't happened yet? How come that hasn't happened? Look at this person, I do it sometimes, they have this, I don't have it, Lord, and I think I'm a better Christian than they are. Am I going to get some of the things I want on my list? And sometimes I get down, I get depressed, I get upset, to be honest with you. I don't know if you can relate to that. What about me? Um, so I'm going to, you know, Tim Keller, right? He's a great pastor. I know he's been having health issues at Redeemer. And when he preached, he used to refer to a lot of history, culture, old movies, old Broadway shows, old TV programs to make a point. So I'm going to invoke my inner Keller today. And I'm going to do that for us. Uh, there was a program back in the 50s and 60s called The Twilight Zone with Rod Serling. And it was a series of programs, uh, half hour years. Rod Serling was in Korea. He served in, in the war. And he, he learned a lot about um, people. He learned about um, life, 
about morality, humankind, he loved people. He learned about just the ironies of life. And he would put this program on and he would be the finisher, the starter and the completer of the program. And so some of the programs had history, some of the programs had humor, some of the programs had spirituality, religious, a couple of them did. Some of them were sci-fi, they all were kind of sci-fi, but some of them were a little macabre, a little like that scary stuff, but it was to make a point. So I'm going to, if you give me two, three minutes, Leaving out something, I'm going to tell you this. One of the episodes is called A Nice Place to Visit. And it's about this guy, Joey Valentine. And now I'm going to tell you right away, Joey Valentine was not spiritually inclined. He was not religious. Didn't really have an interest in God. And so Sterling sought to show and still saying, this story is about Mr. Joey Valentine. Man who was down on life, who was upset, was bitter, said life was very difficult, never got anything he wanted. So then what happens is that he's decided to going through, we're down the bad road into life of crime. So he goes into the store, robs the store, and he's running and the police are chasing him. And he keeps running and tell him to stop, stop, stop. He turns around, he tries to shoot them again. They miss, then they shoot him and he falls and he passes on. What gets up and there's a heavyset man with white and a nice smile on his face, good looking guy. And he says, Mr. Valentine, let me help you get up. And he's saying, oh, how do you know my name? And he says, let me help you get up here, here. Let me, I, no, get away from me, get away from me. Uh, he says, who are you? I don't know my name. He says, listen, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. So finally he goes with him and he says, don't try anything. I still have the gun in my pockets. Don't worry about it. Takes him to this palatial building, to the penthouse. Mr. Valentine, here's your name. This room is, he says, wow, I've always wanted to live in a place like this. This is great. I don't know what's going on here. So gives him a suit, a Pierre Cardin, $300 suit. Oh, I've always wanted a suit like this. Thank you. And he gives him a drink and then he says, I'm starving. And he gives him wine and steak and shrimps. And, oh, I haven't eaten like this in years. I really always wanted this. Well, that's what I'm here for you, to help you, to give you everything you want. So then he moves. Uh, this guy's name is Mr. Pip, that P.I.P., the guy who's helping him. And uh, he sees him moving and he says, get away from that. I don't trust you. He get, then he takes out his gun. He tries to shoot Pip and it goes right through him. And he says, how did that gunshot miss you? He says, that bump I got. I must have died. He says, yes. And this must be heaven. Everything is great here. And he and he, Pip shakes his head. Yeah, something like that. So then he says, you know what I want? I Girls always reject me. I really want a nice woman. So he introduces them to a woman. They go out on a date. It's great. Then he goes to a casino. He wants to win money. He wins like $5,000. Then he wants a yacht. He goes on a yacht. Then one day he, he said, I always dream of being a corporate executive. And he gets a job for a couple of days. Comes back. He meets more women. He's happy. He goes out on the town. He's getting everything he wants. This goes on for a couple of weeks. So one day he's got these women in the apartment and he's playing pool and he wins pool easy. Everything's going easy. And then he tells the woman, please, girls, leave, leave, leave. And he calls Mr. Pippin. goes, Mr. Pip, can I ask you something? And Pip goes, is something wrong? He says, yeah. He says, I'm getting everything you want nice easy, but there's something wrong here. He says, what? I'm giving you everything you want. That's what you want that on earth, right? He says, yeah, but, you know, there's something wrong. Like, is there a chance a woman won't like me? Is there a chance I'll have a bad day? Is it a chance I won't get anything I want? Is it a chance it'll be a stressful day? Is it a chance my steak won't be well done? He says, well, we can make that that way for you, sir. Mr. Valentine, Mr. Valentine goes, no, no, you don't understand. I don't want you to make anything. I just want it to happen naturally. I'm starting to get tired of all this stuff. He says, well, what do you mean? I'm giving you everything you want. He says, listen, let me talk to your boss. I'm in heaven. Let me talk to God. Let me speak to the big guy. And Pip goes, I can't do that, sir. And then Valentine goes, listen, if you're not going to do that, I've been here a couple of weeks. I'm starting to go nuts in this place. I'm going to jump out that window. Get me out of here. Get me out of heaven. Get me to the other place. And Mr. Pip gets up, looks at Mr. Valentine, says, Mr. Valentine, I have to correct you. And Mr. Valentine goes, why? He says, heaven 
Who said anything about heaven? I didn't say heaven. You said heaven. As far as getting you to the other place, we don't have to do anything, Mr. Valentine. This is the other place. And then Rod Serling comes back at the end and said, portrait of Mr. Joey Valentine, a man who complained that he never got anything he wanted in life, that life is too hard, a bitter man. Well, now he's finally got everything he's ever wanted and more, and he's going to have to live with it for all of eternity. And that's the way the program ends. I know heavy. It's, it is a heavy show, but you know what? Uh, I think we can learn some things from that show, and I definitely do. Uh, and I don't think it's about the hereafter. We can talk about that some other time. I think it's about the here and now. Here's a man, Mr. Valentine, right, who finally got everything he wanted, everything he ever dreamed of. And he was happy for a couple of weeks, had a heavenly existence, right? Nice and easy, no problems. What was one thing? God was nowhere to be found. He was not in the equation. He really didn't care about God. The only time he talked about God is when he wanted out of that place, right? Also, here's a man who finally got everything he wanted, and he was happy for a couple of weeks, ecstatic, and then what? It all wore off. It all wore off matter of like overnight. He got tired of it. He found out that it wasn't fulfilling to him. That having everything, getting everything easy just wasn't it for him. That he was wanting, you know. I got to tell you something. I see a little bit of him in me. I'll give you one or two examples. Uh, I said a couple of years ago, I wanted a dog. I was by myself and I said, God, I'm going to get a dog. This I need a dog. My heart was telling me I need a dog. So I went, I looked, I went to shelters. I prayed, I went to stores. It's going on for eight months. And finally, Christmas, I said, God, I'm going to the store. You know, I'm going to get a dog. Or I'm not going to get it. So I went in, I bought a dog. And I was happy, and I had him for about a year. I wasn't home enough for him. And then I started getting a little tired of taking care of him and everything. And I wound up giving him to a friend. And he's okay. He's got a backyard, kids. But what happened? I said, I wanted a dog. I needed a dog. My heart was telling me I needed a dog. After a year, I got rid of him after another year. Another example. I'm a big Ranger fan, like I told you. And when I was young, I was rooting for them to win the championship with my friends. It was 25 years and they had not won the Stanley Cup. Finally, they get close and they win the cup and we're having a party after 25 years. They finally win, we're ecstatic. There's parades and everything. We went to visit the Stanley Cup in Grand Central Station. That lasted for about two weeks. And after that, all the emotion wore off. After 20, wait for 25 years, all the emotion, the excitement wore off. What about next year? You think they won next year? What about Notre Dame? What about the Yankees? So all that emotion, all that excitement, waiting for 25 years was great. I'm great they won, but that war wore off after two years. Why did that happen? Why did that happen to our fictitious character, Mr. Valentine? And why did that happen to me? Could you put the next slide up? Uh, no, no, no. It's a slide about uh, Jeremiah. Sorry about that. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond pure. Who could understand it? You see, God created the heart. The heart actually is not bad, it's good, but the problem is that our hearts sometimes tell us we need things that will not be complete without having them, that there'll be a void in our life, that we will just finally be fulfilled, finally have a heavenly existence here on earth when we get all the things we want. And sometimes, you know, things are good, but sometimes it leads us to want things that really are not. That necessary. The truth is, even if we got everything we wanted in this life, we wouldn't be happy. We'd be looking for the next thing. That includes me. You know, I sometimes go back in my life and say, why didn't this happen? Why did I, I wish I should have married this girl? Why did I get, didn't get this job? Why did I buy this co-op instead of another place? And maybe you do the same thing with some of you. You live on regrets sometimes. 
But you know what? God knows what's best. And maybe if I got those things, maybe I'd have a little uh, a bit of Mr. Valentine that went through at the end here on earth, that I'd be unfulfilled, that there'd be a void, that I'd say, you know what? I wish I didn't get these things that I want out. So, you know, I love what my sister said. She's a Christian. She likes the Twilight Zone. And she said, you know what? I'm grateful to God after watching this episode. And I said, why? She said, because when I pray to God for things, he doesn't give me everything I want. He knows what I want. He knows what I need. I get discouraged. I need that. But he, I trust that he knows what I need on my list. So could you put up the next slide, Philippians? It says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I hope you get some things you want this year on your list. I really do. If it's best for you, God knows what's best for us. Um, yeah, so, you know, in Luke 10, Jesus says only a few things are needed. And when he was saying to Martha, he told Martha, he said, only a few things are needed. That means, you know, in this world, you need some things, but we probably don't need as much as we think we do. Sometimes our heart says we do, but we, God knows what we need. So just to keep that in mind, and could you put the next slide up? Lessons, yeah. Here's the lessons that I have that I learned from that Twilight Zone story. Maybe have others. Is there anything I am choosing to put such emphasis on in life to meet my needs, to meet my expectations, to satisfy me in a way that only God ultimately can? And the second lesson is I'd rather have some challenges, issues, problems in my life with God's presence, God's involvement, than to get everything I want and have a carefree problem free, challenge-free life without God. All the more reason for me, for us this year to try our best to accept Christ's invitation to be at his feet, to spend time with him, to spend quality time with him, to invite him into our decisions, our choices in our daily lives. Uh, we can want things, but it's always going to God. Just ask him, God, is this best for me? I want this, but let your will be done, right? Uh, and as we spend more time with God, more quality time with God, we accept this invitation. What will be the outflow? How what will, what will be the result of us making the better choice, choosing the better part? Would you put up the next slide? We're closing up in two minutes. So what does choosing the better part, the better thing look like? Well, here are some examples. The results, seeing the good potential in others and ourselves versus being judgmental or critical. Focusing on little things we can do it on a regular basis to make a difference versus always swinging for the fences. Um, being grateful for our blessings, the things God has given us versus focusing on things we may not have or may not have as yet. Waiting on God more, seeking his guidance versus just making decisions without involving him in the process. Acknowledging it is okay to make mistakes versus trying to be perfect all the time. Forgiving others versus holding a grudge. Choosing to put others' interests, at least at times, above our own. And finally, the summary, practicing being present with God, others, our environment, surroundings, versus constant busyness, being preoccupied all the time. Yeah, and I like the last slide, uh, then we'll close. Uh, this is from, oh no, from Joyce Meyer. Oh yeah, yeah, this is it, I'm sorry guys, yeah. This is Joyce De uh, Meyer devotional. I just read under it December 29th. Interesting enough, this, came up, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Okay. The first step in doing anything is choosing to do it. In order to encourage someone, you first choose to look for the best. In order to be at peace, you first choose not to work. In order to start something new, you first choose to step out and go for it. 
You may not know it's all how it's all going to work out, but you can make some fundamental choices today. Begin by saying, today I choose peace over fear. Today I choose to break that old habit and start a good one. Today I choose not to lash out in anger. Today I choose not to live in the past. Make a choice, take a step, and never forget to ask for God's help in executing your choice. We can do all things with him and through him, but we can do nothing without him. So in closing, I just want to say that God is always inviting us to draw near to him, to spend time with him, to choose to invite him into our daily routines, our daily habits, you know, things we're doing in life. Uh, it's a choice that we make every day. And if we mess up one or two days, God loves us. He's there for us. He gives us another chance. Every day is another chance. I pray for all of us that we will choose the better part this year to go to Jesus, to make him the center of our life. Uh, yeah, that's what my prayer is for myself and you. So let me pray for us as we close here. Thank you for listening. Lord, just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us 2021. I know there's a lot of problems, challenges, COVID and financial things and health and other issues. But thank you, Lord, that you gave us another year to live. And thank you for starting us out with 2022, Lord. Father, we, we want to be people that put you first. We want to make you the priority. We want to choose the better part this year, Father. We're going to fall. We're going to fail sometimes. But thank you for your grace and mercy. Help us as much as possible to accept your invitation to be at your feet, Jesus, to spend time with you, to just practice your presence throughout the day, Lord. And Father, we just look forward to what you can do in our lives this year. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.